Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast. Uh, first of all, apologies. We did not have a show Wednesday. Uh, got busy with our schedules. We're not able to do that show for you on Wednesday, but we have some big, happy news for you. He is back. Justin, our, our co-host, uh, normally he's on Wednesdays. We had to adjust that a little bit this week, but he's back. Uh, Justin, how have you been? I feel the need to drop a rock promo. Finally, I have come back to cross over across time. There you go. That was pretty epic. <laughs> we need the, it's good the to rumble guy. <laughs> the Let's and get ready. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking like the old WWE promos, right? Where he just oh, comes out yeah. in sunglasses, lifts up one of his eyebrows, then just starts talking crap and about whoever is going to wrestle yeah right totally <laughs> the the line i had in mind the other line i was debating using was uh for the office fans out there the the prog the progital my son returns oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways it's great to have justin back and um since we missed a couple days we'll do a slightly modified schedule of what we'd normally do with Justin on that Wednesday show and we'll do it today and then we will probably have a slightly different show for you tomorrow maybe even two episodes tomorrow based on kind of what we need to cover as far as what's going on in the NBA Uh, but with that we'll jump right into things Um, Monday through Wednesday we had uh, 11 games that you know we could we could talk about all of those it'd probably take too much time We've highlighted a few, kind of similar to what we do with Mondays as far as picking five games to talk about. We happen to pick five games that were the most standout uh, and worth talking about from those three days of action. So firstly, we have Monday, the first game of the Monday slate, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers visiting the Charlotte Hornets, and they were able to win that game on the road. This was noteworthy because it was a return of Paul George, who had missed some time, but especially Kawhi Leonard, who had missed a lot of time. Um, Both of them returned. Kawhi hit a game winner. And, you know, just big for the Clippers, of course, to get both of those guys back. Hope that they can stay healthy. Um, Justin, kind of your thoughts on how Kawhi can impact this Clippers team, kind of taking what they've done up to this point in the season, and then maybe their outlook with him back in the lineup. Well, as has been proven from, you know, historical research and just from watching the guy play, Kawhi Leonard is just a serious baller, mm. right? He's, he's a genetic freak. He has monster hands. He has no personality. And it makes him so much fun to watch because he's just he's just a complete machine on the basketball court, right? Machine hit, is the right word, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the claw is an appropriate nickname, too. But yeah. he, the, the best part about this, right, is after the game, He's standing there, and I think Steve Reed, one of the writers for ESPN, came up and asked him a question. Mm. <laughs> and he says, I don't think anyone loves playing this game more than I do. It gives me joy when I'm able to play. Yeah, it, it was is. great. I made the <laughs> totally, shot. Totally dead <laughs> he, he, completely, he completely deadpanned the fact that he just won, like, an entire basketball game yeah. <laughs> off of off of a last-second shot. So I think he's – He's such a good basketball player. He doesn't really have a very big ego, I don't think. He's just a baller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And he's he reminds you in some ways of like a Jordan type. Or He makes me think of those 
a lot of Jordan, honestly. And I, I don't, wouldn't say he's nearly as good as Michael Jordan was, um, especially with, you know, he's missed a lot of time and doesn't have quite that resume. But as far as just like a style and the way it feels when you watch him play or like kind of his, the way he approaches the game, I see some of those same things, uh, you know. So anyways, yeah, he had a solid game. Uh, Yeah, go ahead, Justin. Oh, I was going to say, I think watching him play is similar to Jordan because they both play with the entire control of the ball in their right hand. Yeah, absolutely. Kawhi Leonard will be posted up and he'll have the ball in one hand and he'll just hold it at arm's length in one hand. Or even when he's got it at his chest in a triple point stance, right? He's just holding the ball completely tightly with his right hand. Same way Jordan moves. So he can pump fake, he can cross, he can dribble. But it's always just control of the ball is very similar to how MJ did it. Yeah, that's a great point. That palming of the ball, I think that's a huge thing, you know. And maybe at some point we'll see Kawhi do the the shot fake and then pull the ball down, the <laughs> classic make some, clip. <laughs> make someone look dumb like Greg Ostertag. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good old Ostertag. But, um, yeah, so look at box score for, for this game. The Hornets actually had stronger starting performance as far as scoring. The Clippers were a little more balanced, though. Uh, John Wall, 12 assists off the bench. That's pretty great to see. Um, 28 for Ubre. And it looks like LaMelo Ball did not play in this game. I'm not, I haven't heard any injury news if he has like re aggravated an injury, has a new injury, or if he's just, you know, rest days or whatever. But kind of mystifying. But um, regardless, yeah, that that's kind of the big storyline. The Clippers. As you know, it's, it seems obvious to say, but they'll be better with Kawhi and Paul George. And if they can stay healthy and consistently play, that'll help them as far as their playoff seeding. And then you get into actually what can they do in the playoffs, right? So, so that's definitely huge. Um, I think it's just also worth noting, small side note, with Zubats's improvement as like a defensive force inside. Yeah, John Wall off the bench, you know, the last two or three years, we've talked about Clippers as a threat in the West simply because of Kawhi and Paul George. But now they've actually had time, even though they're recovering from injuries. I think there's a little bit more depth to kind of make that possible in a sense, you know, and the experience as a team. But we'll definitely see how that uh, kind of plays out going forward. Let's jump to that next game. Uh, Rockets versus 76ers in Houston. This is a double overtime affair in which the Houston Rockets won. And it was also James Harden's first game back from injury for the Sixers. Um, Justin, I think we've had our fair share of discussions about Harden and his play for better or for worse. Um, what are your thoughts about like just checking out, you know, box score, the, the flow of the game, this, this loss to the, to a very poor you know, performance-wise, Rockets team to, uh, you know, what you would hope would be a, a Eastern Conference contender in the 76ers? Um, that's a very good question. I, I think first and foremost, we have to point out um, the players whose fault it wasn't was that the 76ers lost comes to Joel Embiid, I think, and Tobias Harris. Mm-hmm. Both of those two guys, they had a really good game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I just think like it's it's so hard for the Philadelphia bench to have any depth, 
right? Like they, they never have good players that are coming off the bench and they try to rely so heavily on a few players that I think it, it takes away from the efficiency of a lot of their role players. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, it looks like the Rockets just had a good all around game. Like they, yeah. they all have guys that can score 25 points, but you know, if everyone on the team can do that and everyone on the team is willing to pass and get boards, um, they can play fairly well together. They don't mm-hmm. play hero ball. They're they're okay, right? Like the the Rockets have won some pretty big games. They beat Golden State. They beat Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, now they beat the 76ers. I just think, yeah, if they play good team ball and they can play together, they're a pretty okay team. Yeah. The 76ers should be better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and the Rockets have the benefit of the doubt in the sense that they're young, right? You know, we expect them to still be figuring things out. Because, you know, a lot of first-year, second-year guys, guys that are, you know, trade acquisitions or, you know, were like two-way contracts on other teams, but now they're playing more significant minutes. And I think you have a good point about the Sixers and that bench. I'm mystified why Matisse Thibel, who the last year or two has been like, you know, a sleeper pick for maybe like an all-defensive third-team type of guy who has He's not a great offensive guy, but he could at least be a defensive player for you when this team doesn't have a ton of standout defenders. You know, he only, like this last game, he only played seven minutes. And he was, excuse me, such a big part of the rotation the last year or two. I don't get get that. And then, you know, they have Milton and uh, Milton and Melton, the names that are a little confusing there, but the guards who have had you know, good and bad performances, you'd kind of expect a little bit more out of them. Yeah, their their bench isn't as strong as you would hope, especially with the offseason, the big noise that was made about, oh, Harden took a lesser deal so that they could solidify the lineup a little bit more, right? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely concerning. And especially looking at the box score for Harden, you know, you say, oh, it's his first game back after a long injury absence, but Four of 19 from the floor for 21%. Oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> four of 11 from three. So he, all four of his makes were from three, but <laughs> it's still not great. But Well, and, and in episodes past, you know how I feel about James Harden. But I just – I think chemistry and ego and personality issues are something that really have affected the 76ers, and I think they have for a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Probably since about 2017, I think they've just, it seems like they always have issues with the players and um, coaching and staff. And, you know, ever since trust the process kind of fell apart, they've just, they haven't really had much of a team identity. Mm. And so I, I think the 76ers aren't really contenders, even though they have some really solid players. Um, and I think James Harden is garbage. So I, <laughs> it's, it's hard for me to root for him chunking up 20 shots and making four of them you know like it's yeah uh, yeah four for 19 he had 21 total points but he also (laughs) shot nine free he shot 10 free throws made nine of them so he hit four threes and nine free throws and that's how he made up his points that's embarrassing it's the most boring (laughs) the most difficult kind of basketball to enjoy because it's just not fun to watch Mm mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. I think, well, and again, you hope that he gets better with time, you know, working his way back into the lineup, but it feels like we've been saying that same kind of thing about Harden 
whether it's oh he's with a new team now or he's you know it's his first off season with the team and now a first full season and we're kind of you know we're getting into that habit that routine of trying to make those excuses for him and instead of you know when does it say okay no matter what he needs to be able to show up right and so we'll kind of keep an eye on that going forward of course the Sixers one of those teams to watch for in the east or at least you know early predictions were that maybe the conversation will kind of shift from it um but let's shift the conversation now to our third game to talk about going to Tuesday's games and uh this one was Oh, was this, this was a TNT game or ESPN? It was a national broadcast. So yeah, I know that much. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers defend home court and beat the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, one sixteen to one hundred two. Uh, let's go ahead and I guess all kind of get us a, a jump start here with the simple fact, and this is one of our news segments that Anthony Davis did leave this game early. He only played about eight minutes due to quote-unquote flu-like symptoms um i don't know if there was a ton of information we're kind of chuckling we were talking about the whole michael jordan <laughs> flu game you know and anyways. sounds like a, a hangover type situation for anthony davis but yeah yeah exactly it was was flu-like jordan's... symptoms is broad <laughs> was jordan's flu game actually a flu was it food poisoning was it a hangover you know we may never know exactly but you know it, you, you, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt, but maybe it was something else. Who knows? But regardless, uh, yeah, so he only played eight minutes, uh, meaning that Thomas Bryant ended up filling a lot of that void, and he actually did pretty well, 19 points, nine boards. Um, he's a guy that's missed a lot of time with injury, hopefully become a more solid part of their rotation. Uh, LeBron led the way, 21 points scoring and 17 rebounds. Wow. Uh, did not realize he had that many rebounds in that game. Um, but of course, Cleveland led the charge and they were led by Donovan Mitchell who had 43 points along with four steals. And it just seems like, and maybe you can elaborate a little more on this, Justin, it seems more like the problem with Donovan Mitchell for whatever reason, the last two or three years in Utah was that he wasn't as engaged or didn't feel as excited about playing with either the team or being in Utah as he had been when he was a rookie or a sophomore. And that's why maybe this, his development seemed to stagnate. Whereas this year with Cleveland, it's now suddenly, you know, he's an MVP candidate, or at least in your top 10 guys, maybe even top five. Um, any, any kind of thoughts you want to add to that? Yeah. If you look at the box score, right. Jared Allen, he had 11 boards, 24 points. Donovan mm-hmm. Mitchell had six boards, five assists four steals and 43 points. Darius Garland had 11 assists and 21 points. Mm-hmm. Like those three players are making up together almost 90 points of offense, yeah. like 88 points. And so I, I think that um, the Cavaliers have a pretty solid team mm-hmm. um, and they've got guys that can pick up the slack if Devin or if Donovan Mitchell has a bad game, right? They've got, um, They've got just some good foreign players coming off the bench too. Obviously, mm-hmm. some of the old jazz players, such as Raul Neto, mm-hmm. they are <laughs> back playing with Donnie again. Yeah. But if you look at the plus minus, right? The plus minus, they absolutely whipped the Lakers. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, every single player almost on the Lakers has a negative 
plus minus and almost every single player on the Cavs has a positive plus minus. So yeah, they, definitely. They're outplaying each of the other players and that's the easiest way to win basketball games, I guess. And then that's how you blow out the best player in the world by 14 points. Yeah. Not to mention that Evan Mobley had an off scoring night as did Karis Levert. And they are still without Rubio and uh, recently Dean Wade, two solid rotation guys to add to that already pretty solid bench depth. So they're, they're definitely a threat um, I think they're still in that top five as far as our power rankings, certainly in our top two or three in the Eastern Conference, you know, and they're, they're a fun team. They play as a team. You know, like we said, the depth is great. Um, of course, for the Lakers, it hurts for them to lose Anthony Davis, especially the way he'd been playing over the last three or four games. Um, and, of course, we wish him the best in his recovery from that uh, illness or whatever it is going forward. Um, so let's jump to our fourth game. This is the one that we knew for sure we wanted to talk about. Of course, us being uh, jazz fans, we had to talk about, well, and it was one of the big storylines, regardless if you were a fan of these teams or not. Uh, the jazz win a thriller, controversially, potentially they won it, but they won it against the Golden State Warriors in Utah. They won, so they defended home court 124 to 123. Um, and of course, if you haven't seen the clip, it was a last second steal. Well, Justin, you can probably take him through the play. You were taking me through the play earlier. Yeah. So here's, here's Justin's remembrance play by play. So there's about 10 seconds left on the clock, right? Golden state is up four points. One, I don't know, 124 to 121, something like that. No, 123 to 119. Mm-hmm. Um, jazz inbound the ball. They kick it across the court and hit a three. So now they're down one. Golden State calls the timeout, takes the ball at the half court, passes it in, and Ubre kind of throws an elbow. I think at or Jordan Poole. Olenek, Olenek, you mean? Yeah, Olenek, not Ubre. Kelly Olenek, <laughs> the most, <laughs> the most Utah esque player who just finally ended up in Utah. But he he kind of throws an elbow, falls on top of the guy, and they steal the ball, pass it up the court. Pass it to the Italian stallion, Fantaccio, and he dunks the ball. The ball goes out of bounds. Buzzer goes off. They win by one point, and it was yeah. awesome. One of the most electrifying endings to a basketball game I think that's happened this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, earlier, earlier in the game, though. Sorry to kind of take. This no, over. you're you're good. Um, Colin Sexton had to leave the game early because of an injury. Yes. And so I'm I'm hoping that it's not something that's bigger than what it says it is which is a sore hamstring Mm -hmm. but yeah he he's been playing really really well this season and he he brings the offense and the defense that Utah needs that's kind of the number two guy for the squad yeah we did get a little more updates on that today uh reports say he'll be out at least one week with uh some sort of a strained hamstring or hamstring to you know injury so it looks like not too much time maybe a few games um, but he will miss a little bit of time, which is unfortunate. But, um, yeah, definitely important to bring that up because he has been a big rotation player for them. But the Jazz are are also getting um, Mike Conley back into the lineup. So that'll be kind of a, a trade-off. They're still lacking, you know, that guard depth that they had early in the season. It'll just be swapped. They'll have Conley, but Sexton will be out, and he'll hopefully be back pretty soon. Yeah, Sexton was solid in this game, 17 points. Uh 
Fontecchio, the the hero, excuse me, losing my <laughs> voice. The hero of the game had 18 points. Very solid game for him. Uh, leading scorer was Clarkson with 22 points, nine assists, 12 boards for Walker Kessler, and five blocks. He's been very solid for a rookie, you know, and yeah, he's probably he been been a top 10 performer as far as the rookie class up to this point. I mean, he's just been he's been very good for them. Um, for the Warriors, we did talk about it in our you know planning. They were without Curry and Draymond and, and Wiggins and Wiggins, so that's a big factor. So they were led by Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson, and they had solid games. I mean, Poole had 36, Clay had 22, 24 for Kaminga off the bench. So like they they got definitely some help there. The bench act honestly did okay as far as the you know the role players supporting with the scoring. Like I mean, it was a close game, but um, yeah, Jazz able to come up with that last second play, and you know he said Olenek maybe kind of fouled him and. Got away so, with something. So. Can can I add a little bit more? This is one of yeah. the chippiest games I've seen in a long time, mm-hmm. right? Clarkson got ejected for committing a flagrant two foul. Right, he yeah, I saw absolutely that. ripped on freaking Jonathan Kuminga, right? Hmm. And they got up and they stared each other down, but they were separated. There wasn't any good fighting or anything. But yeah. Jordan Clarkson, right, he's <clears> a dog. And he walked off the court and ripped his headband off and threw it on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> and he well, got yeah. out of there. And then there was there was two more technicals given after because Kaminga and Beasley on the Jazz, they are both just talking so loud. Yeah. And so I just think it was just such a close, chippy, tight game. And then with a Linux kind of throwing his body around, throwing the people's elbow from the top rope, um, <laughs> and stealing the ball, and then the Warriors losing off a dunk at the last second. It was just ugh, what a good game. This is the type of basketball that we love. Yeah, that you have to be worried gritty. though about Clarkson <laughs> if he's throwing headbands. He got fined for that just a couple of days ago. Hopefully, this isn't a, a reoccurring <laughs> thing with him. But. Yeah, yeah, he he <laughs> tossed his headband again, and this is <laughs> the the Jazz have been thriving in the chaos that they create, and yeah. I think that's awesome. It makes me so happy. Although I don't think they're going to get Victor Wemby because of it, but oh well. Yeah, well. They- <laughs> <laughs> There'll they, be somebody they, else that comes along, I guess. But they've got that <laughs> dog fighting spirit in them, so I think it's awesome. Yeah, like like the the dog, and then they fight. Not like <laughs> not like Mike Vick or anything. Sorry, no. I, no I, uh, uh, Vic, uh, Vic Vic did his time. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I was one of the, my favorite quotes is um, the little dogs stay out on the porch and bark, but the big dogs come in the house and eat. Yeah, <laughs> the big dogs step up for the jazz. When it's time to come in and eat, <laughs> and yeah, make there the little you go. dog stay out on the porch. I like that. That's that's very good. <laughs> um, I also got to add just a side note. I'm realizing I'm missing out on some WWE. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard some of these things. Like I've heard of the people's elbow and like stuff like that, but I never actually watched WWE. So I need to. I, I don't know why it's coming out. I just I maybe it's because I'm so energized from the jazz game. But it's, for whatever reason, there's been all kinds of crap fake <laughs> wrestling that's in my brain. Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> all right, let's jump to our last game that we'll focus on wrapping up from those last few days. And that is the Boston Celtics winning on the road in Phoenix against the Suns 125 to 98. 
uh, on the NBA's headline, it says Celtics lead by as much as 45 in route of Suns. Wow. Um, let's check out box score real quick. So the Suns, the big storyline there was Chris Paul did return from injury to uh, play versus the Celtics. He had missed the last several weeks. I think he was injured back in like week two, maybe. It had been a long time. Uh, so that's, you know, the bright spot that Phoenix takes away from this is that Chris Paul is back. Um, you still have Cameron Payne now who will be, you know, maybe that experience will help him even more as that guard coming off the bench. Okogi had 28 points off the bench. That's big for them. He was their leading scorer. Uh, no one in the starting lineup scored more than 17. That was Booker. Uh, meanwhile, for Boston, they had Tatum with 25, Jalen Brown with 25. Blake Griffin started for them at center. That's uh, unique. But, <laughs> like, they're, they're, it was just kind of a more well-rounded performance, and Phoenix was just kind of very flat, it seems, in this game. Um, not sure if there's anything else you want to add to this, uh, Justin, real quick. Oh, yeah. Just back to Blake Griffin. He had a terrific game. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't necessarily show up in the box score with yeah. nine points, nine boards, and he played for 20 minutes, he hit three threes. Mm-hmm. Um, his plus and minus is 32. He absolutely shut down um, DeAndre Ayton, right? Ayton played the entire game and had eight points and seven boards. So 35-year-old Blake Griffin outplayed a young up and coming beast. Yeah. And I I think that's really cool. Jason Tatum also is probably going to be the MVP this season. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I think he's just he he and Devin Booker are like the return of Kobe Bryant. Right. So it, it's hopefully it's not a little bit too soon to say that. And it probably is in both of their careers, but they're both good sized guards who can pass, they can shoot, they can dunk, they can score over anybody. Mm. They have flashes where they have games where they have 50-ish points or more. Mm. Um, but then they also have games where they have like 10 points or 17 in Booker's case. So, Yeah. Well, and to that point, I think that's a great comparison. And especially what we've seen this year with Booker and Tatum, their improvement on the defensive end. Probably Tatum, we've seen a little more of that than Booker. But that that defensive aspect was a big part of Kobe's game. You know, as much as he was scoring – you know, 60 on a given night or averaging 30 a game, you know, he was also kind of perennial all defensive type guy, you know? And so that's a huge thing as far as, you know, substantiating that kind of a comparison. And I think, you know, it would be a legitimate comparison at this point, as far as even just this season, what they're doing and how they're playing. So, um, yeah, also a great point about, you know, Blake, his play against DeAndre Ayton, especially for a guy who's given up a couple of inches in that matchup and is, you know, obviously past his physical prime at this point, and Ayton is getting into his physical prime kind of on the you know flip side of that spectrum. I think that's a great point. Um, yeah, otherwise, it's probably just, you know, off night for Phoenix, um, getting readjusted, having Chris Paul back in the lineup. Um and they're playing a really good Boston team who's maybe the best team in the NBA right now. So, you know, probably not, not too much to worry about if you're a Phoenix fan as far as that loss. Um, but regardless, I think that kind of takes us through our games that we wanted to focus on. So let's just real quick, I'll rattle through our key news 
just for a, a couple minutes so that we can move on to kind of some more exciting type topics. So that sound good, Justin? <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, so from Tuesday's news, the Warriors did recall James Wiseman from the G League. Uh, they had sent him down there for just a you know a few days to kind of get right, get readjusted. Uh, I think he had had some rough times getting back into the swing of things with so much time missed last year. In fact, I don't think he played a game last year. So, uh, but he's recalled. He should be back in their lineup uh, for the next while. Um, Giannis picked up a second 10 second violation on his free throws. There's kind of a point where he was asked about it in interviews and it's starting to become a little bit of a conversation point again, you know, and it's, you know, like a lot of great players, in NBA history, some of them were honestly bad free throw shooters. And Giannis isn't the worst of them. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain is probably worse, or especially Shaq, you know. So it's not a big concern, but it's definitely – it's always going to be a storyline, you know, as it was with those guys. So um, the NBA reveals uh, – or they revealed some redesigned trophies. They redesigned the trophies for uh, Coach of the Year, Executive of the Year, uh, Twyman Stokes – Teammate of the year. Um, what is the other one? The citizenship award. I don't know if they actually did that. They haven't handed out that award the last few years, and I'm not sure why. Because that one, that's an award that's been given out for a long time. Um, but they did redesign some of the trophies. Um, <clears throat> and they added a new trophy. And this one's officially the Maurice Podoloff uh, trophy. And if You've heard that name. It might be a couple of reasons. Firstly, he was the first commissioner of the NBA, but also the MVP trophy, I think, has been called the Maurice Podoloff trophy at times. Um, and I might be off on that. Um, I might have to double check that. But uh, oh, the Sportsmanship Award is the Joe Dumars trophy. Yeah, Twyman Stokes, Red Auerbach trophies for Coach of the Year, uh, the Executive of the Year. And then there's also, yes, that brand new trophy, the Maurice Podoloff Trophy, and what that will do is that will be awarded to the team that has the best regular season record uh, out of both conferences. So I guess something to play for in the regular season. Um, I don't know if players will buy into it as much because, I mean, it's not the same as a actual championship, you know, but we'll see how that's received across the league, I guess. Um Minor transactional note, the only transaction from the last, you know, several days. Minnesota waived guard A.J. Lawson, who's on a two-way contract, and they signed forward Matt Ryan previously with the Lakers to a two-way contract. So he gets picked up pretty soon after he's released. Uh, some injury things. And this is from yesterday and today. DeJounte Murray left uh, the game early versus the Knicks with an ankle injury. He's expected to miss at least two weeks. We wish him a, a speedy recovery in that uh, with that injury. Anthony Davis and LeBron James did miss uh, tonight's game, or sorry, last night's game versus the Raptors with Davis with an illness. LeBron, I think, with some sort of minor injury. Uh, they'll probably be back pretty soon. And finally, Obi Toppin will miss two or three weeks with uh, some sort of an injury. I don't think that particular article specified what the injury was, but regardless, those are the main uh, key news points from the last few days. So let's jump into our, what kind of hybrid at this point we had general league storylines that we could chat about as far as what's going on in the league, as well as award chases. So we're kind of talking teams and players here and just what's going on. 
Um, we might not spend a ton of time on this, but I'll just ask you real quick, Justin, is there any player or team that you want to talk about as far as what they're doing or not doing at this point? Uh, that's a very good question once again. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I to do I'd this like... and put Justin on the spot with questions <laughs> I haven't fully prepared him for. But this This is a great <laughs> way for me to practice just whipping out quotes and random calls to WWE apparently. So thank yeah, you for the go. opportunity for me to <laughs> stretch myself and get better as a micman. It's also an opportunity for me to pass the mic and then take a sip of my drink. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, a team that I think that I'd really like to talk about is the Miami heat. And mm. that might be surprising because I feel like we have never really got a chance to talk about the <clears throat> that much, mm-hmm. but Miami, <clears throat> in my opinion, is one of the better rosters in the league Mm -hmm. Um, they haven't had very much team success and i think that can boil down to a lot of things but right bam and jimmy and tyler hero they've got some of the some of the bigger better names in the league Mm -hmm. and i just i think they're an extremely entertaining team to watch yeah um it's it's unfortunate that they don't win all the time um they did just beat the clippers and they beat them pretty Mm-hmm. but I, I I think they're a wonderful team to watch this season I think they could be a surprise especially if they come into the finals with uh, the play-in games mm-hmm. right they could they could end up I think going farther than people realize and of course playoff Jimmy Buckets is a different kind of animal altogether so mm-hmm. if he really is Michael Jordan's bastard son then that's kind of <laughs> awesome but <laughs> If he isn't, which is most likely, then I think, you know, he's just an incredible player in the playoffs, and he really turns things up when he cares about the game. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because, yeah, well, they're kind of a team that, you know, it was 2019, 2020, they surprised a lot of people as far as the particular roster they had and how well they did that season. And they've been kind of overachieving that in that same way. And I think it seems that way because, like you said, it is a good roster because they're maybe the best in the league as far as finding unheralded talents or prospects and, you know, late round picks, second round picks, undrafted guys, you know, G leaguers. And, you know, they develop guys in their system and, you know, like Duncan Robinson, um, Gabe Vincent, uh where is he number uh 31 max struce you know these guys that didn't really get much of a chance from any team but then suddenly they're being you know max struce was one of the best players in the playoffs last year you know and they've been incredible at developing guys for their roster you know and so that's why it seemed like overachieving and now this year they're kind of underachieving it's the flip side of that where now we expect them to be that, you know, like a top four or five team in the East. And now they're, uh, they're currently 12 and 14 after tonight's game, uh, but they're 10th in the East. It, it's not terrible, but you, you kind of worry, are they going to still be able to make that kind of playoff spot? So I'm definitely glad you brought that up. That's a definitely a team to keep an eye out on. And we haven't talked a lot about them because they haven't been completely terrible, but they have been underachieving maybe what we kind of thought they do. Um, yeah, anything else you wanted to mention with Miami at this point? Um, I don't have too much more. Um, if they can keep 
their guys healthy, right? As they can bring back Kyle Lowry and they can get Jovich back. And they've mm-hmm. got some good old leaders in Haslam and Victor Oladipo. I just I think they could be really good. And I think they might surprise this the NBA again at the end of the season. They mm-hmm. might kind of fly under the radar until things get tense and then start to kick some trash again. But yeah. Bam's think... been a monster, right? Last game he had 31 <laughs> points and 10 boards. Oh yeah, he's been um, great. Yeah, he's he's a beast. Yeah, Jimmy, absolutely. Jimmy Butler is such a good player too, and he's got that really tough um, attitude that sometimes gets him in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I I really like them. I thought I'd bring them up because I haven't got much chance to talk about them this year. Yeah, well, we're while we're on the subject of teams we haven't talked much about, let's briefly just chat about the Spurs. I've alluded to this very briefly <laughs> in my power rankings. They did finally win tonight. They uh, let me pull that up. Who did they beat? They beat uh, the Rockets. So not the toughest team to beat. Sorry, Rockets. But um, yeah, they were on an eleven-game losing streak at one point, and it seemed like it all started after the whole Joshua Primo incident. Uh, for those who don't remember, he <laughs> was released from the team after some sort of an incident with a, a team physician. Uh, or doctor do you remember exactly what it was basically uh a female staff with the spurs in some sort of medical area and he had yeah i think he sexually assaulted her yeah misconduct something inappropriate you know just being being a pleb basically um <laughs> to use one of my favorite words yeah. <laughs> i think that's probably the first time i've used it on the podcast so special moment um yeah, you have to just come up with the word of the day and start sneaking it in places but generally you can attribute the negative words to primo because it just seemed like he was a 19 a year old idiot and he's paying the price for it now yeah i mean i guess you maybe give him like the smallest of oh he's young but it's also like he's an adult you know, yeah. and it's it's even if he was even if you wanted to give him that excuse, it's still I I don't think you can justify that kind of that kind of stuff. But yeah, so it, regardless, that seemed like in maybe some sort of weird way a catalyst for this team really struggling, and they might have had some injuries too. Um, <clears throat> but their roster isn't super. I don't know how to describe their roster. I mean, you look at it; they've got a lot of kind of young promising guys as far as you know Keldon Johnson who since he got that chance with Team USA has been a very solid player um Vassell or Vassell Devin Vassell um he's been okay or pretty interesting at times they have the rookie Sochan or Sokan who's you know got some interesting things to him but it's just like I'm not sure what the direction is. And that's kind of what I want to talk about with this team is where, what's the roadmap for the Spurs becoming a content or a top half team in the Western conference from here on out? What's that roadmap look like? Cause I don't, I don't see it. I think my, my starting point would be to tank as all hell and get Victor Wembeyama. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. The only chance for them to get good quick is to get the the French unicorn. French um, unicorn. And looking at the roster, it looks like he'd fit pretty well, right? You have um, Keldon Johnson, who would be his four, and Zach Collins, who's pretty good. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Romeo Langford, the guard, he's all right. Trey Jones is playing pretty good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, throw throw Wemby in there, and things might improve quicker than if you do anything else. Yeah, um, well, he'd be your power forward, right? I I don't know, right? Because he's like seven foot three, right, or seven foot mm-hmm. five, but he plays like a guard. Yeah, right. You might be able to drop Collins at the, the five, have Keldon Johnson play your four, and put Wemby at the three, and have him play like a stretch three, like Giannis, or. I, yeah, don't I don't know. I don't know how you'd fit him because I, I think more in basketball, kind of like the classic way of looking at it, right? Where your biggest dudes are your center and then your power forward and then your small forward, then your shooting yeah. guard, then your point guard. But there's been a lot of unicorn type players who can fit roles that they don't exactly fit into. Yeah. Right? So if they actually could get Wemby, um, that might be what I would try to shoot for first if I was them. And if not, I think I would start <laughs> trying to to get Coach Pop out of the old-fashioned coaching style and stop playing triangle offense and just start throwing screens and threes. Yeah. Well, he's, he's usually been a little bit better about getting the threes. Um, but I, for me, looking at, like, if you just threw Wenbanyama on the lineup right now with all the current players they have, I feel like you'd probably have him at the four – Hurdle at the five, and then like Johnson at the three, Vassal at the two, and Trey Jones at the one, just based on what they have right now. But again, I'm kind of like you as far as I look at the the lineups very traditionally, so I'm not always the best judge of what works. But but um, yeah, that's what I think. I just that was kind of my main thing I want to talk about, and I almost wonder this might be heresy to say, you know, maybe it's time within the next two or three years that Greg Popovich kind of thinks about retiring and you move <laughs> with someone new. And it's like how, cause he can coach there as long as he wants to. Right. Like they're never going to yeah, fire. Him. No, you, you could not fire coach pop. No chance. I mean, one of the three greatest coaches in NBA history, who's won five championships single-handedly helped not single-handedly, but like as the coach el- helped elevate that franchise from, you know, oh, an interesting ABA franchise that had some fun players in its history to one of the top four or five franchises in terms of championships won, you know. And he's, he's been the head dog for literally decades. Decades, and he, exactly. And since the mid to late 90s. I think. I think it was 89 when he started, wasn't it? It might have even been before the 90s. No, I think because 89 was when Robin, David Robinson joined the team. Yeah. And, but I think Popovich, let's let's see. You might have and, to look that one up and I can stall yeah. while you do it. But well, he, I, developed, I he developed Tim Duncan, right? Like he, he turned Tim Duncan from a kid who loved to swim into mm. the greatest power forward to ever play the game. Or, yeah. you know, top three. And so I think, yeah, Pop has got to be one of the most genuine, down-to-earth, old-head basketball lovers, mm. I think, to ever play and coach the game. And he, he's kind of like be... <laughs> he's kind of like the NBA's Bill Belichick, yeah, but he has a just... lot he has a lot more charisma <laughs> with the media. <laughs> he's just a, a less grumpy version of Belichick. Yeah, <laughs> a cracked old man who's been there for so long. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, it's interesting you mentioned Tim Duncan. So I'm just checking this again. The 96-97 season was a year that David Robinson hardly played. He was injured. And they went 20-62. and 62. A third or a fourth of the way through the year, their head coach, uh, Bob Hill, was fired. And Greg Popovich was the interim coach. And after that season, because they fell so hard, they got the number one pick and picked Tim Duncan. So then that very next season, they went to the conference semis. And then after that, you know, they were in the playoffs for like 20 straight years and they won five championships and, you know, the rest is history. But I have a I have a hypothetical for you. This might be kind of a fun segment to talk about. Here we go. How would you compare today's Minnesota Timberwolves in a seven game series against the 99 Spurs? Right. So the Spurs have okay. got Bruce Bowen. They've got Timmy D. They've got the Admiral, David Robinson. Would Bruce uh, Bowen, wouldn't that have been. I think he Elliot? was on it. Maybe Sam Elliott. Let me look up or the roster in 99. Sean Elliott. <laughs> you're thinking, one, you're thinking one Westerns. <laughs> Sam Elliott. Yeah, that's right. Sam Elliott's the mustache fella. Mm-hmm. Let's okay. See there. 99 Spurs. The 99 Spurs, they've got Antonio Daniels at the one, Tim Duncan at the four, Sean Elliott at their three, um, David Robertson and Will Perdue as their centers, Steve Kerr as yes, a backup Kerr. point guard. So, so, yeah, your starting would have been um, – well, Avery Johnson was the, the point guard starting on that team. Um, so it was Avery Johnson, Mario Elliott, uh, Sean Elliott, and then yeah, Duncan and Robinson, um, and then Jaron Jackson off the bench. Jaron Jackson Senior, Steve Kerr, Jerome Kersey, Antonio Daniels. Yeah, so, and then comparing that to the Timberwolves now, just because they have two centers. Yeah, just because of the twin towers that they currently have. Well, listen, I'm gonna sound like a jerk for saying this, especially because I love Gobert, but. I don't think Gobert would be equipped to handle Robinson in the post because, you know, I mean, Embiid and Jokic have some post moves to work with as far as modern day NBA centers. But outside of that, you know, Robinson, you had Robinson and Elijah and Ewing in the 90s and more who had actual post moves and post scoring. I don't think. Gobert would know Those, how to handle that. And yeah, then well, Duncan Gobert versus... Is just a, <laughs> Gobert's just a skinnier version of the Admiral, right? The Admiral is Gobert. Oh, don't do, don't do that. On some on some monster freaking juice and who has an offensive back. I was going right? to say, David yeah. Robinson was their best player for it so long and had a yeah. quadruple double and just a complete... Again, beast. I love Gobert, but... You cannot compare David Robinson and Rudy Gobert because <laughs> Rudy is stellar defensively. Okay. He's a great defensive player. And then, you know, very good rebounder too. But outside of those two things, he is very, very limited. Right. David Robinson led the league in scoring one year. He was an incredible rebounder. The defense, of course, we talked about. And he could handle, like, he could dribble the ball up on a break and he could shoot mid-range jumpers like yeah. 
you don't a see lot the of his footage, points came but... from the mid range. Yeah, like he ha- he could he could. <laughs> I was gonna he say was he, that... he could stroke it, but then that that phrase sometimes <laughs> is a little off. But especially with us talking about Primo earlier. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like <laughs> that a, was bad. <laughs> that was a lot of the scoring in the '90s, right? Came from getting the center of the ball in the high post, and they just shoot it from the block. Mm-hmm. And so David Robinson was a monster at that. Carl Malone and Tim Duncan. He's got to have the nicest shooting form at least in the kind of clips I've seen of any center. I mean, you watch those clips. He, he looks like a shooting guard when he's shooting it. Maybe it's just cause he was lefty and maybe it's cause I love David Robinson, but I mean, he was, he was great, but yeah. So, and then you have Tim Duncan in this hypothetical Tim Duncan versus Carl Anthony towns. Come on. Yeah. Timmy Come on, Justin. all yeah. the way with that. And then there's just not enough. I mean, like, the guards would be better than what San Antonio had, but I mean, come on, you're talking about two of the all-time greats versus two good all-star centers, but who have obvious flaws, you know? So I don't know. I think it's interesting though. I, I appreciate that. That was a fun little exercise. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's always <laughs> fun to compare historic teams to current teams, especially if they're more obscure. Yeah, absolutely. Not necessarily obscure because everybody knows who David Robinson and Tim Duncan are, but yeah, but we do, you know, even those teams, you know, you forget every once in a while, or you know, it's fun to just be, you know, kind of go back and look at what what came before. Absolutely. So um, okay, so we've each kind of talked one team. Should we maybe shift into predictions so that we don't let the show run ultra long? Yeah, let's let's get into our predictions and our our uh not closing statements but our bold mm. bold statements yeah our bold bold predictions i think we said when we first did this like six five or six weeks ago that we were going to come up with a more exciting name and i still have <laughs> yet to figure out what that name is um we'll get there at some point maybe by the end of the season we'll have an exciting name for it but We've done this, so we have our kind of schedule of what we talk about on each episode on a Google Doc, and we have each of our predictions written in, but the text colors changed to white, so neither of us can see what our predictions were, or what the other person's predictions were. So I'm going to go ahead and start, and I'm going to highlight mine, and unveil this this to Justin. So this is my bold prediction. The Milwaukee Bucks will make a big move at the trade deadline this year. How how big a move are you thinking? I'm thinking, um, a like a in terms of like the level of talent of a player, um, a move for a player in the vein of. Think they're be- going to sack Middleton? No, they'll keep Middleton. But some someone between a Christian Wood or and a Dejounte Murray, some somewhere in there. So not like Bradley Beal or something like that, but you know, a very solid player who's you know two ticks away from being like an all star. Like I don't I don't know who the player is, but I just kind of had that random thought of what would be a bold prediction. And so that's what I want. Is expendable enough to to make that move? Because I can see that too, right? They they traded for Bledsoe a few years ago, and they got Baby Westbrook, and he did pretty well. 
And yeah. then they had the holiday, Drew Holiday, I think. Well, yeah, gone. Holiday was a big part of the championship, you know. Yeah. And so I think, you know, he would be there and it would I feel like it would be for like a bench piece. Kind of like they did it a while ago, not to the same scale, but when they brought in Miritich, Nikola Miritich, they brought him in for like a postseason run and they didn't, it wasn't the year they won the championship. But so I feel like it would be something like that where they bring in a guy to help with some bench scoring. And I'm not sure who exactly that would be. Again, this was just something I thought of and said, oh, yeah, that'll sound good. I have spent zero time thinking about what this would actually look like, who the player would be, but. That's my random bold prediction. The Milwaukee Bucks will make a big move at the trade deadline. Um, Justin, if you have no other questions about mine, let's go ahead and hear your bold prediction at this point in the season, week eight. Here's mine. All right. Let me figure out how to change this. I always use Excel at my job, and so I don't know how to use (laughs) Google. (laughs) Fair enough. All right. If you can see the highlighted block, it says LeBron will not pass Kareem in all-time points this season. Ooh. I I tried to go for an extremely hot take. Um, I think LeBron's on pace, right? He's got an estimated 34 more games. Mm. Um, But I think there's either going to be some kind of a sophomore injury that prevents him, or he's just going to be frustrated and walk out on the Lakers. Like I think there's going to be something that prevents him from getting that goal this season. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, that's my bold prediction. You bring He's up 880-ish points away, I think. Yeah, 886 points away. And you mentioned, you bring up a good point. So uh, let me double check what this number is. He's already missed four, uh, seven games this season. Uh, yeah, seven games. He's missed seven of the 24 games they've played. So if he misses too many more, I think that could be within the realm of possibility. But his pace, he's still on a pretty good pace. I mean, he's averaging 26 points a game this year. So, Yeah, he's in year 19 and putting up 30 points a game is yeah. just absolutely insane. But I don't I don't think he's going to get it this season. I know he'll eventually get it unless he gets in a car wreck. And You're dies. just saying. But I don't think it'll be this year. <laughs> That's some of the things you say sometimes, Justin. <laughs> this is why I'm the only once a week co-host. You can't, you can't let that can't let the podcast get too out of control. Yeah, because you say it jokingly, like obviously you're joking, and we don't we don't think that would happen, but also we don't wish that would happen on, to anyone. But then I think of Have you ever heard of Bobby Phils? I haven't ever heard of Bobby Phils. No, Bobby Phils was a up and coming talented player for the Charlotte Hornets, who unfortunately died in a car accident in <laughs> the late nineties oh, and man. they, they retired his number to honor him and it was an emotional season. And so you say that and I'm just like, Oh geez, Justin, that's happened. Don't joke about that. <laughs> well, hopefully that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, let's no one. We don't want anyone losing lives. This yeah, show, that, this would be this, horrible. This show it's, has been, is this actually root beer I'm drinking, or is this like, did they slip some actual beer into this? Because this show has kind of gone in a lot of different ways as far as our dialogue. Um, yeah, one last point to make with the LeBron 
scoring comparison. If you look at it, he's 38 and he's averaging 26 points per game. Kareem, when he was 38, he was averaging 23 points per game. So pretty close. But by his 19th season, he was averaging like 15 points per game. So the the season mileage was definitely different. But Kareem did play four years of college. So there is that difference there. But okay, um, let's no, I think that's a, a pretty bold prediction. I like that that take, the the risky take there. Um and maybe it pans out, maybe it doesn't, but that's kind of half the fun of this is you know, make a guarantee and then maybe it doesn't even happen at all. But the Charles Barkley guarantee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So we're gonna jump into our last big segment. Of course, we have our closing fact at the end of the show, but our last big segment, and this is kind of a bonus. Uh, throw-in segment for this uh, show tonight. I wanted to do it tonight because uh, since it's the first time we've been able to have Justin on the show for a little while, and he wasn't here when we did this with Wyatt on our Monday show uh, just a, a few weeks back, I think two or three weeks back, thought it'd be fun to try this game with Justin and see what he thinks of it. Justin, we're calling this 20 guesses. You've heard of 20 questions, right? But this is 20 guesses, okay? <laughs> It's a new, a more, a more sophisticated version of the the classic game that everyone knows and loves. We are pinky out, uh, sophisticated here. Uh, <laughs> here's Cheerio, my boy. Cheerio. We have a new player guessing game. Okay, now here's the way this is gonna work. I'm gonna pick a player, can be any player from NBA history, and I will from give history. from yeah, could be you know, from 1946, it could be from 2022. Is it going to be from 1946? Probably not, but it could be. Um, (laughs) Anyways, I will, I will give you that player's career stat line, their averages for their career. And then you have 20 guesses to try and guess who that player is, but you also have three lifelines uh, and you can use these at any time. The lifelines are, uh, the stats for their best season or seasons plural, their accolades and the teams they played for. Okay, and there's no penalty for using lifelines. Only the pride or uh, hurting your pride for having to uh, use your lifelines. That's that's all it is. It's see you know how if how many guesses it takes you to get it. If you have to use lifelines or not, basically testing your own knowledge of of nba history without you know too much prior information if that makes sense is that uh is that clear as mud justin any questions on that are these just yes or no questions or that can they be questions that are more short answer uh how so so like if i say did this player play for the jazz that's a yes or no but if i say oh no so so again you're doing 20 questions it's 20 guesses so i give Ah. you the I give you the stat line. Like, let's say it was 15 points, seven rebounds, right? Or whatever the stats are. I give you that. And then if you want to start guessing right away, you can. And you say, is it Bob Lanier? I don't know. That'd be a bad guess. But, and then I say no. Or, but that's a good point, though. I forgot to mention that. I'm remembering the rules as we go. I will give you hints similar to... There's this game I have seen from time to time called Purtle on the on the web that it's a similar kind of player guessing game, but it will give you hints like no, but they play in the same conference or they're the same position. 
So with every guess that you make, I'll direct you in one of those categories as far as, oh, you're close on this thing. So and so I'll give like you some Wordle. little hints. Yeah, and I think the Purtle game I played is inspired by Wordle, but so it has hints of that. It has hints of uh, who wants to be a millionaire with our lifelines. It's kind of <laughs> all over the place, but I so think you might have invented the greatest it. game ever to be played. I might have. Um, hopefully, I, I should probably get this patented before um, you know Parker Brothers or whoever jumps in on this. <laughs> but um, regardless. Are we ready to get started, Justin? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, the only problem is I'm still picking my player. So uh, <laughs> give me just a second to do that. Um, okay. I have a feeling that you'd be like the all-time master at this. Like you have a, just an incredible knowledge of historic well, NBA players and teams. And I think we need to tap into that a little more in future episodes. I, I'll say this. And no disrespect to Wyatt, but I was way better at this than Wyatt was. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You've got like a, a mind of a steel trap for historic basketball. And if the player is like before the seventies, like I, there's no chance that I get. Like it, yeah. <laughs> I won't, I won't pick anyone before the seventies. Um, Good to know. I knocked down a few decades, but here's the kicker. We'll do two rounds of this first round. I'll pick the player. Second round. I'll let you pick the player and I'll let you pick as obscure as you want to pick. And I'll see if I can guess it. <laughs> and you'll probably still be able to get it. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Um, but uh, regardless, let's go ahead and get started. So again, Justin, the way this works, I will read you the player's stat line and you can go ahead and start guessing players you think it might be. With each guess, I'll give you a small sort of direction, and you have those three lifelines that you can use at any point. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here is our mystery player. Career stat line, they averaged 14 points per game, five rebounds, two assists, one steal, about one block, and percentages, they shot 50% from the floor, 20% from three and 73% from the free throw line. That is our career stat line for our mystery player. Oh man. <laughs> um, I'm going to start this with Andre Karolinko. Not a terrible guess. Uh, it is not Andre Karolinko. I think that's a good guess though. Um, and you are in, I'll give you this hint. You're in the right conference. In the right conference. Okay. And so when I and let me clarify as far as these hints. Because a lot of players played for multiple teams. When I'm basing hints like team or you know, conference, division, things like that, I'm basing that on where that player played their best and what team they'd be most well known for. So, so like, so case, like, if it was Michael Jordan, it would be Chicago Bulls, not exactly. Washington. Okay, yeah, or like Karolinko, you know, he did play for the Nets as well as the Jets, but of course, yeah. you think of him as the Jazz player. So, so for this player, I about said the name for this player. Correct conference there in the Western Conference. So you have the one West. guess underway. Yes. All right. Is it Jamal Murray? It's not Jamal Murray. Um. And there's not a ton of direction I can give you as far as that being closer. So 
it'd probably be safe to say it's further. Um, <laughs> uh, let me guess, James Worthy. I like that guess too. It's not James Worthy, but you are in the right division. The right division. Okay, so I've got to think about the division so, the Lakers are in. Which so is I'll, the... I can I can tell you the Lakers. That is the Pacific Division. That's the Lakers, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Suns, and the Kings. So that's your okay. Pacific Division. So those five teams. This player is mainly known for one of those five teams. Okay. Um. Next, I'm going to guess Chauncey Billups. Not Chauncey Billups. Not Chauncey Billups. Big shop Chauncey. Plus, he would be more known as a piston, wouldn't he? Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, I'm trying to think of other players who are like 15 and 5 guys who shot 50% from the floor for their career. Helpful reminder, it's five boards and two assists. That's right. So it's like 14, 5, and 2. Yeah. Okay. Or I guess 14, 2, and 5 if you go the general way. Yeah. Um, We have four of our 20 guesses used. Remember, at any point, you have your three lifelines. um, I'm going to guess... Jason Williams. Jason Williams. You keep guessing. I don't want to give you too much help here, but you're, I'm confused with your guessing strategy. Um, no, I'm trying not, to pick players Williams. from different eras from the teams well, that I know that they're on, right? Because I'm trying to, I'm trying yeah. to get the time right and then the the team right. But that's not the part I'm questioning. But I don't want to. I'll tell <laughs> you. You're, you've used a fourth of your guesses. Why do you keep guessing guards? Just guessing. All right. Obviously, it's a big man because of the percentage from the floor, but like <laughs> the time, the time is what I'm trying to get. Okay. Um, should I, should I steer you? It is. So, Williams, his best performances or his most well known with the Kings were in the 90s. 90s is the correct decade. I'll give you directions there. 90s is the correct decade, Pacific Division. Yes. Um, 90s in the Pacific Division. Okay. Let's go with Dan Marley. Another guard. You're, you're Another the next me. one. The next one has to be Tom Chambers. Then. So wait, which is your guess, Dan Marley or Tom Chambers? Dan Marley and then Tom Chambers. Oh my gosh, you just burnt. You're definitely the opposite of Wyatt. Wyatt spent like <laughs> three minutes trying to make his one pick, and you're like, "Oh, here's a here's a pick, here's a pick." So of course it's not Dan Marley. It's not Tom Chambers either. Um, both of those played for the Suns, but Tom Chambers is closer. He's power forward. Okay. So now you have more direction. 90s Pacific Division <laughs> power forward. <sighs> You're free to use basketball reference too if you want to try and okay. look up That's players what I'm, and I'm, things. I just Googled it too, so we'll see if we can pull another one. Again, just an update for our listeners. Justin has used seven of his 20 guesses. A little more than a third of his guesses at this point. He still has all three lifelines if he wants to use them. But I'm going to guess. Ooh. 
Ooh, I'm not familiar with that player. I guess Horace Grant. Although I don't know if he ever played for any Pacific Division teams. Is that your guess? Yes. Or <laughs> Horace Grant is not correct. <laughs> No, <laughs> Justin, you're getting further. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm trying so hard. Horace Grant um, was a bull. He was a Chicago bull. I know, and he also could have at least magic. he could have at least guessed his brother Harvey. Harvey Danny Manning for Portland. Is it yes, is it Danny Manning? Danny Manning is the correct player. Guess congratulations. Yes, I, <laughs> I knew it. I nailed that. That was so easy. Oh, you knew it with your Horace Grant guess. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just could not think of power forwards from the 90s that were only averaging 15 points a game. Yeah. Well, so when he was with the Clippers, he was like a, a 20 and seven boards type guy on solid-ish percentages. He was an all-star in 93 and 94. Yeah. So kudos to him. He, he played in Phoenix, him. too. He was good in Phoenix. He did play in Phoenix. But he's probably most well-known for the Clippers. That was where he was drafted. Number one overall by the Clippers in 1988. Wow. Because he had a standout career at Kansas. So, okay. But Danny Manning is correct. You got that in nine guesses. No lifelines. So, fairly good. You did pretty good there. Um, so, did I exceed expectations? Possibly. Possibly. Who's to say? We should come up with like a point system based on how many <laughs> lifelines, how many guesses. Um, regardless, good job. Now it's your turn to pick a player. And now you kind of understand how the game works with each guess that I make only give me a hint, like one hint for a player that you saw how I kind of did that. Like, Oh, right. Conference. And then, you know, you whittle it down with each, each guess that comes after it, you know? Yeah. So, okay. All right, let, let me look up the player that I'm thinking of. And that way I can have some more helpful. Okay. Hints. Cause yeah, again, um, Feel free to go as easy or as difficult as you want with this. I will. I know, I know you're better at this than I am, so I'm just gonna. I'm gonna make it kind of hard, but not too hard. Yours was fairly easy. I feel like Danny Manning was yeah. the start. This one, <laughs> this one is a probably a more well-known player. Well, no, I'll just let you figure it out. Okay, I felt silly with because uh, Wyatt picked a player for me to guess and. This is a player that it, it was Ronnie Price. Oh yeah, from the Jazz. <laughs> and like, because <laughs> because when we were in high school, we both went to a a UVU basketball camp because he went to UVU, mm-hmm. and the coach had him come in and like talk with us for a few minutes or whatever. And as soon as like he revealed it was Ronnie Price, or I guessed Ronnie Price or whatever, can't remember how it went down, but. I was just immediately like, why did I not guess Ronnie Price? It's so <laughs> obvious. You know? But anyways, regardless, you go ahead, read me that player's stat line, and I will see the career. So the career stat line, and I'll see if I can figure out who this is. All right. This player, according to basketballreference.com, averaged 5.2 points per game. Okay. 5.6 rebounds per game, 1.1 assists per game. They had a field goal percentage of 53.4% from the field. Uh-huh. 
a 0% field goal from three percentage and a 69.9 free throw percentage. Okay. Uh, you didn't read their steals or their blocks. Let me pull those up too. This doesn't have it right at the start. So. Oh, you were just reading like the top one. Yeah, just the top one. Is there a career average line? Oh, yeah, right there. Yeah. All right. Blocks per game, he averaged 0. 0.5. Steals per game, he averaged 0. 0.9. 5.2 0.5 blocks, 0. 0.9 steals, 1.1 assists, 5.6 rebounds. And he never shot a three. He never shot a three. He never shot a three. He has 0% oh, from three gosh. field goals. <laughs> this is going to be hard. <laughs> um... This is a tough one, man, but you, you might be able to get on the right stream and pick him out pretty easy. Well, I'm going to guess somebody that's probably way off, and you're not even going to know how to spell this. Ozzy <laughs> <Ozzie> Scheichtman. <laughs> Let me look up Ozzy Scheichtman because I don't o know. So O-S-S, I think it's O-S-S. Let me double check. Yeah, O-S-S-I-E, and then it should come up from there. Ozzy Schechtman. Yes. Um, he was born in 1919. Holy crap! He played. Yeah. He played for the Knicks from 46 to 47. Yeah, one season. Do you know why that? Why he's notable? No, I have no idea who that is. He scored the first basket in NBA history. <laughs> for real? Yes. Oh, that's pretty cool. In their game against the Toronto Huskies. <laughs> All right, I'll give you a hint. So Kirk... yeah, one one hint based on this player guess. Okay. Um, the player that I am talking about is eight inches taller than Ozzy Scheitman. Okay, I guess that works as far as so six eight guy. Um, and I'm guessing I'm not even close with Eric. You don't have to tell me, but I'm guessing I'm not even close with like Era and stuff like that. Five, five points, five boards, almost a steal a game. So I would guess fairly good defensively. Um, oh crap! I have a wild one, Danny Vrains. Danny Brains. Let me look it up. It is not Danny Brains. I was going to say, I'm guessing it's not Danny Brains. I don't even know who that is either. So. <laughs> he, played, he played at Utah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, he was back in the 50s. But no, he's in the 80s. Yeah, okay. he, was, he was born in 58, but he played in the 80s. Oh. He made he made uh, 85 all-defensive team. That's right. He, he played at the University of Utah. Yeah. Oh man, um, these averages are very close. I got, I got to say that <laughs> this is pretty yeah. close to that player. But. Yeah, those are those are very close. Um, let me give you a good hint though. This guy's from Utah. It's kind of cool. Yep. These players played in overlapping years. Okay. So we're talking 80s? For, for seven years, these players were in the league at the same time. Okay. 
just for clarification, because four of those years say did not play. You're not those years aren't included in this, right? Four of the years that say did not play. Yeah. Oh, I was looking down lower. There's a, for whatever reason, he has. Okay, I'm looking at the wrong category. Let me see. If you look at his per game, it mentions that about yeah the the. The did not play in the other pro leagues. I'm just talking about the when he played the the years he played. Yep, in the NBA, he played during the same era as this player. During the 80s, for the most part. During the 80s, for the most part. Okay, so we're talking 80s, six eight, so a forward. I'm guessing. I mean, it's the 80s. It's probably going to be pretty hard set on that. Five points, five boards, six eights in the eighties. Should I go? Should I go this direction? Is this the right way to go? Um, I guess we'll find out. I have to figure out what my actual guess is going to be first. Um. I'm sure this is thrilling for the the listener right now. <laughs> yeah. Um this is kind of <laughs> just a lot of um <laughs> thinking podcasts or big braining here. Big brain. That is right. Um who is this going to be? Let me let me find a different player that I'm kind of thinking of that I can throw a guess out on. Um except they don't match maybe this one does this probably isn't no that's also great too like cutting off your sentences two or three sentences in a row like i'm I'm sure it's top quality content for the listener to listen to absolutely i would love to listen to that as well um it's like the new asmr (laughs) but it's just basketball numbers <laughs> yeah um let me oh that's not garbages i'll just throw out this guess knowing it's wrong but see if i can get something closer with the hints jerome kersey oh that's a pretty good guess let me pull him up to see if i can give you a good okay Did you know his one of his nicknames was Romeo? I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> he's he's a good looking dude. <laughs> <laughs> um because you said you just said in the eighties and six eighties. Six foot eight. Um, did we do we specify like conference or anything like that yet? No, we haven't specified conference. I'll I'll let you know. Jerome Kersey is in the same conference for the majority of his career that this player played for. Okay, so Western Conference, six eight forward. And I think um, you've guessed four names now, five names now. Three, three. Yeah, Scheichtman, Vrains, and Kersey. Um, I think it's three. There weren't any others in there, were there? 
No, I think you're good. I was just guessing with the four or five. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm just bouncing between all these different roster listings right now, trying to figure out who the heck this could be. And the main thing I'm trying to do is look at these and say, okay, which name is Justin likely to have heard of? And then use that as my guess because, you know, that's the only thing that really makes sense to me here. But um, this is tough, especially because I'm doing the thing Wyatt did where it's like, okay, every guess has to be like a top tier guess, you know? Yeah. I oh. the, My strategy was kind of if I have 20 hints, I ought to be able to get fairly close in 20 tries. And yeah. if not, then <laughs> I need to learn. Oh, I might have stumbled upon it here. Who do you think it is? Kurt Rambis. Yes, that's yeah, it. Exactly Kurt Rambis. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that you got that. That was awesome. <laughs> what a guess. Well, I was very aided by a basketball reference. I just did, I was doing 1985 Jazz, 1985 Warriors. So I kind of soiled it that way, but... I just well, didn't I didn't think he got that many steals. I was kind of surprised by that. But yeah, Kurt Rambus. He's awesome. Oh yeah. The glasses and everything. <laughs> the the highlight I always think on well, low light, probably in his light, um, is that fast break in one of the finals with the Celtics and they he's driving Flip down tablet check, right? <laughs> or dude, McHale. McHale just like clotheslines right. him. <laughs> and then they get into a you know actual fight that you never have anymore in the NBA. Probably for the better, but probably, yeah, but is it entertaining <laughs> to watch? <laughs> it's not as entertaining. That's why people love hockey, right? Yeah. You don't go to hockey and not expect a fight. It's the exactly. same thing with NASCAR, right? It's not that oh, fun yeah. to watch cars drive 200 laps, but if there's the slightest chance of a wreck or something that's exciting to happen, that's what yeah. people go. Or, you know, fights there, too. There was a yeah, history. Yeah, some gnarly fights. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, the, you know, even after the race is over, you get, you know, meet them in the pit lane and they duke it out, you know. That's <laughs> they throw stuff. off their hats and jump out of the car window and run over and punch each other. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's great stuff, man. But, yeah, so I think, you know, that was fun. And I think we should probably do that on uh, some future episodes of the podcast, just varied on, you know, like what we have time for what we want to focus on with each show but i think it's a fun game to do we can even you know do it outside of the podcast and for those that are listening you know play this game with your friends test their nba knowledge see what players they can figure out what players you can think of and it also kind of helps you learn a little bit more about the game because it's like oh i didn't know this about this player as far as they played for this team or they went to this college or whatever you know stuff like that so uh, anyways, we'll go ahead and get things wrapped up with our uh, closing fact. Uh, so our closing fact for today, December 8th, uh, comes from just about 11 years ago, 2011. Or we actually, no, sorry, I got mixed up. We have two for today. We have like a special version because these two events from this exact date in history were so related. I felt like sharing both of them. So first... December 8th of 1998, the NBA announced the cancellation of the 1999 NBA All-Star Weekend, including the 49th annual NBA All-Star Game, scheduled for February 14th at the First Union Credit or First Union Center in Philadelphia. This was the first time that the annual event had been canceled, 
The cancellation was due to a labor dispute between the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association. So for those who don't know, the 98-99 season was shortened because of a lockout. And teams only played 50 games that year. And so the season started in January, I believe. And so on this date, it was announced that the All-Star Weekend would be canceled for that season. At the same time, or that that very same date, um, 13 years later in 2011, so December 8th of 2011, the NBA and NBA Players Association officially ended the 161-day lockout that started on July 1st, 2011. Free agency trades and training camps began the next day. So that's just crazy that, you know, both two important events from two different lockouts, one for the 98-99 season, one for the 2011-2012 season, two important events happened on that very same day in history. I don't know if other people find that would find that interesting. I found it kind of interesting. I think it's kind of interesting. And thank you for having me on the podcast. It's always fun to get together with you and do this. And I have a good time spending some time with you and getting to learn a little bit more about basketball. Absolutely. Me too, man. And it's always fun to have you. You know, you bring a great um, <laughs> energy, touch, a great energy, something. <laughs> something uh, to <laughs> keep people uh, listening between the ums and the ahs. Yeah. You bring a wild card element. That's what it is. Because some of the things you said were a little bit out of pocket, but <laughs> entertaining, right? Stephen A. Smith would not be Stephen A. Smith if he wasn't out of pocket. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, entertaining. But you also bring a lot of insights for um, what's going on in the NBA and and teams and players. So I, I definitely appreciate you being here. Uh, once again, we're glad to have you back in the rotation. Um, now that both of us are a little more settled into our um, actual day-to-day lives, we're going to be a lot more consistent with the show. And we're excited now as we get into December, the holiday season. We've got Christmas basketball coming up in a few weeks. Uh, we got, we can really start getting into the meat of, okay, what's the playoff chase going to look like? Um, and all of those exciting things. So, uh, thanks again for everyone who has listened up to this point, probably a little bit of a longer episode today, but, uh, hopefully well worth it. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for some, uh, kind of weekday wrap up stuff, get you prepped for the weekend and talk through some, some final points on that show. So with that, thanks again. And, uh we'll catch you later justin any final words parting words and that's the bottom line because carson keel said so there we go you heard it here first